hot diaper and sardines. That's what my crotch is wafting like right now. Hi, guys. Like a diaper that's been... That's what my <laughs> shoes smell like. Welcome Afterward. back to Chicken Monkey. Part do. Part do. Part do do. Of Carl Panzerum. Carl Panzerum. That fine piece <clears throat> of fish right there. Just couldn't that fit way. in one episode. Just yeah. we have to travel all the way back to 19 Dickity to go fucking talk about him. <laughs> oh, We're good. going back. <laughs> Before we jump in, shall we tell the audience of four where they can find us? Yeah, since they're so awesome and they like watch us and stuff on all of our platforms. <laughs> they should already know. They should already know. Like their host. With the mostest, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Breaker, Castbox, and Stitcher. Stitcher, Stitcher. Actually, Instagram's trash. Don't follow that shit. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm keeping up with that. Facebook, yes. Instagram, yeah. well, why? Because nothing's happening by. there. Like, if we put like a picture of a girl with like her titties hanging out, I'm pretty sure we get some followers. We just got a hashtag with Instagram. I think the kicker with Instagram is to go uh, live and talk about shit. That's really what it is. I mean, if we We, wanted to. We could. We could. Totally. I totally could do it. Are we ready? Oh, I hate when you get that bubble in your throat and you're trying to talk and you sound like you got a dick in your (laughs) shit. So all of your 20s? Thank you. And most of my 30s, thank you very much. Hey. 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 Fuck you guys. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we're going to go back to uh, the topic that we love the most, murder, marry, fuck. Mm. Murder, marry, fuck. Shannon just is not looking forward to this question. And we are going to talk about the horror (sighs) film bad guys. Who are we going to- Horror girls. Horror film bad guys. Yeah, oh, like, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre or something. The Hills Have Eyes, Little Creepers. I don't know. Anyway, Murder, Mary Fuck, who wants to go first? I'll go. Okay. Um, Murder, Freddy Krueger. Hmm. That fool always, like, um, creeped me out as a kid. Me too. Ugh. I would fuck Patrick Bateman from American Psycho. Okay. Okay. Of course you would. Who did I say I would marry, Rick? Um, huh. I don't know. I thought you were looking on your phone. I know, but I didn't write that down because we talked about it after I wrote that down. Shit. You'd marry it. No. Scarsgard. If it looked like Scarsgard, she would. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's good. It's it's not that. It's not him. Who the fuck was it? You only told me the first part. Hmm. Want to come back to you? Yeah. Yeah, for real. I thought you were ready. All right. Me too. Yeah, apparently not. All right. You want me to go? Sure. All right. So I'm going to do two lists because I'm going to do bad guys, but I'm going to also do bad horror girls. Okay. So you would, know what? It's your podcast. You go for it. That's right. So I would fuck Baby Firefly from House of a Thousand Corpses. Oh. Okay, I was going to oh. say, no, no. No, no. What? <laughs> Baby. I would. I would um, let's see. Oh, yeah, I found it. Here we go. I would marry Jennifer's body. Uh-huh. And then... Uh-huh. I would kill the species, the species alien. Oh, really? You didn't like that, that one, huh? Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. I like that you went into some, you know, creature. I mean, you have to. Yeah, you have to. I'm fucking still trying to remember. <laughs> All right. So then I would uh, kill Leatherface. I would fuck Freddy Krueger, and Ooh. I would marry. And I would marry Jason. Bullshit. You would fuck Freddy Krueger? <laughs> Bullshit. I'm really stuck on that. Why? <laughs> Why would you fuck Freddy? 
It's the it's the burns. <laughs> what? <laughs> All right, my list. I uh, picked for fucking Jennifer's body. What? I went yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I got it. I got it right there. That's why you were so surprised. Um, I Thank would. Uh, let's see. Murder the nun. I did not like her. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And then uh, I would marry the demon in Paranormal series, the Paranormal Activity series. <laughs> Only because what, you I don't see. Worse. You'd be like, "Damn it! Stop taking my blanket off at night." <laughs> well, I've been with worse guys. So I'm cold. Down the stairs, yeah, but I wouldn't have to oh, see yeah. him. <laughs> Shut the fuck up! Shut up! Whatever. I guess I'd marry Ghostface. I can't think of anybody else. I had one. I just that's can't who remember. you said you were gonna fuck, and you were gonna I marry know. Jason uh, Patrick, Patrick Bateman. Bateman. Yeah. Jason Bateman. Who's Ghostface? Scream from Scream. Oh. See, and that's what I thought from the get go. You were talking about keep you were talking the mask about on, though. Those <laughs> keep the mask on. Why you don't want Skeetilkrich? Oh man! Now, didn't um, your machine gun guy play like a scary guy in a movie? Nope. No. She wishes. Mm. For some reason, keep envisioning him with like those eye contacts, like the all white ones, creepy. Maybe it was a, in a nightmare. A <laughs> Probably Bill Skarsgård. Like <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I thought those were good ones, Ricky. But I'm Freddy Krueger. Okay, because of the burns. I. Of the burns. <laughs> You want to fuck him because he has those things on his hand. Cut you up, right? Doesn't he Burns. have... Burns. Right. Yeah, he's got... Right he's up got in the his cloudy hole. One slice at a time. Got a weed whack first. <laughs> like Edward Scissorhands to yep. your genitalia. Uh, and your hairy arse. Your genitalia. <laughs> All right, guys. Let's dive in to part two of that dude. Panzan. Oh, that dude. Is it, I keep wanting to say Panzam. Is it Panzam? Yeah, pretty much Panzam. 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 Jean-Claude Panzam. All right, my little friends. Shall we jump into part two of the Pan Am dude? <laughs> my little Ricky. friends oh my in Pan Am. That's the, Panzer, awesome. the Panzer dude. Panzam. Ricky's so sick Pans, of it. <laughs> Mother of God. Panzram. Panzram. You, know, you know what a panzer is though, right? It's a German tank. You didn't yeah. even give her time to think. Because <laughs> he knew the answer. He's like, this bitch don't know shit. I'm so smart. Went, you know, you I know the ways right of the war. <laughs> I, had a, I, had a, I had a trivia today. You want to? No time has passed. What, Ricky? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to keep that. Just Oh, you had a trivia. You're a hater, Ricky. At work? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. You want it? Yeah. Do it. How many kids did Chris Watts kill? Three. Boom. You're nailing it, Shannon. I see who pays attention to my uh, stories. Ricky. I was going to say three, but she did it faster. Ah, You were sleeping. Okay. Go ahead, Shannon. Pan Am, dude. Let's do it. All right. Pan's room. (laughs) (laughs) All right. After he... After. After. (laughs) After he was released from Leavenworth Mm -hmm. in 1910, Panzerum had nowhere to go. Though he was only 19, he had already spent a substantial portion of his young life in reform schools and prisons. (laughs) How do you think he would fare in prison? He probably made (laughs) several bitches. You would have made several bitches? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you pro- yeah, you would. I'd oh, be me? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're talking about me? Yeah. Oh my god, I would cower in a corner. She would know. be friend. several people's bitches. I would not be anyone's bitch. <laughs> uh-uh. No, she actually I think you would have like your own little like cult following and I'd be the first one. <laughs> if you guys were in prison together? Yeah. That yeah, would so be don't, anarchy. So don't so don't commit a crime together, okay? She had to commit one in the same state relatively within a couple of months of each other. Uh, for the same. And, and you will be in prison together. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh. 
let's go down to let's come up to Washington. We don't have the death penalty. It'll be fun. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. We have to yeah. go to Washington and commit murders and whatnots. Yeah, because Texas will off our asses real quick. They don't give oh, a shit. Yeah. All right. So at Leavenworth, any semblance of hope that he may have had to grow into a mature, productive adult citizen was effectively destroyed. Hmm. Years of abuse and physical torture had taken their toll. There was no family who cared about him, hey. no real home, no real prospects for the future. That fucking sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds like Ricky's life. <laughs> he has a bunch of family. Fuck. That sounds like my Jen. life. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, you don't know me. <laughs> he had probably never known a woman's touch in his life to that point. And Again, never, it sounds like Ricky's life. <laughs> and, <laughs> and never evolved as a man in a natural way. Right? Again. <laughs> Seeing parallels. <laughs> Jesus. Ricky's known a woman's touch. I'm going to tell you right now. Yeah, that's questionable. (laughs) Jen, on the other hand. Jen's known a woman's touch as well. Probably. Not just her mom's. Um, All that I had on my mind at the time was a strong determination to raise plenty of hell with anyone and everybody in every way I could, he said. Who did he say that to? When he wrote shit down. Yeah. Um, for the next few years, Pansrum drifted across Kansas, Texas. What? Mm-hmm. Is of that course. Kansas, Texas, or is it Kansas and Texas? I think it's Kansas and Texas um, throughout the Southwest and into California. Of, of course. course. Mm-hmm. Got to have Texas, California, and Washington. That's mm-hmm. the triad. Seriously. Seriously. Um, Seriously. Sarslaw. Sars. I'm serial. <laughs> <laughs> Ricky's um, over it. <laughs> kind of. Um during this time he was arrested several times using the name Jeff Baldwin for vagrancy, burglary, arson, and robbery. He escaped from jails in Rusk, Texas. And Dallas, Oregon. Yeah. Dallas. It's the Dallas. Yeah. Dallas. Dallas. Mm-hmm. So sorry. <laughs> I burned down old barns, sheds, fences, snow sheds, or anything I could. And when I couldn't burn anything else, I would set fire to the grass on the prairies or the woods, anything and everything. It's that McDonald triad right there. Arson. Yep. When he burglarized homes, he looked for guns first. I would spend all my spare change on bullets. I would take pot shots at farmers' houses at the windows. If I saw cows or horses in the fields, I would cut cut loose at them. Aw. Spraying rounds. Aw, George, not the cows. (laughs) Um, He rode the the trains over vast distances and spent time in Washington, Idaho, Oregon, and Utah. Rode the rails. Cutting a path of destruction across the country in a methodical, relentless way that kept police hot on his trail, but a step behind. So it sounds like he was like going around all these different set states and like setting fires and menacing farms and places basically hurting animals too is that what it was they were yeah. implying yeah. Oh, fucker yeah that what they were implying he raped without mercy he rarely what? passing up an opportunity to take on a new victim oh whenever i met one that wasn't too rusty looking i would make him raise his hands and drop his pants oh too rusty looking how do you describe what is rusty looking this is his words i wasn't very particular either i rode them old and young white and black it made no difference to me at all except that they were human beings 
<laughs> oh, so. Jen, can you give a little insight to this? He was a very, very violent homosexual. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it sounds like, you know, my yeah. military days. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a rite of passage, though. <laughs> Wink. Yeah, not Where for him. Where was he raping these people at? Wherever, whenever. All over the place. How was he traveling? Like Idaho, Yor Jorgen. He, he was the hobo mm -hmm. rail rider. Oh, that's what. I, okay, that's what. No, I was, he was the hobo rail giver. Okay, there you go. Just the hobo. He was railer. no. He was the yeah the hobo railer or the hobo railman. Oh, there you go. That's it. The hobo I, railman. Either one of those would be good. Can I you like create that. a rap to that? No, <laughs> you don't. No. I could I could potentially sing you a song with the music of an already made song, <laughs> but a rap would take me a little while. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> All right. During the summer of 1911, as Jefferson Davis, Pansrum drifted from town to town, robbing people and escaping by the rails whenever he could. In Fresno, California, he was arrested for stealing a bicycle. Oh God! He was, yeah, he was sent to county jail for six months. For a bicycle? Yeah. What? But escaped after only 30 days. No. He no. jumped a freight train heading northwest and brought along some stolen guns that he had buried outside town before he got arrested. <laughs> Smart. Dang. This, guy's pretty, this guy's pretty good. He knew yeah. what he was doing. What What century is this? 1800s? Or no, they're 19. 19. They're the okay, teens, yeah. yeah. Like, the, 19 the 19 teens the 19 teens right yeah yep what'd you say what was your dickery or 19 dickery well no you, you only say dickity when it's 1920 and after oh gotcha so and then, like but it. after 30 it's 30 again <laughs> okay um he rode the rails as a hobo slinger okay he jumped a f yeah, he's got that already. Uh, while he was in a boxcar with two old, two other bums, he saw another opportunity for rape. Yes. I was sizing up the youngest and the best-looking one of the two, and figured when to pull out my hog leg and nice him up. Wow. Wait, could you say that again? Wow. Giggle pants. <laughs> Giggle I pants over there. Oh man, this shit's nasty. Um, he said, I was sizing up the youngest and the best looking one of the two and figuring when to pull out my hog leg and heist him up. His hog leg. His hog leg. Bitch. My ass. <laughs> um, but a railroad cop found his way into the boxcar and tried to extort money from the men or he would throw them off the train. Yeah. Pansrum had other ideas. I'm gonna rape that cop. Oh God! I pulled out my cannon and told him I was the fellow who he went. <laughs> no way! Hold it on. actually says this. Yes, this is oh. it, this is what he wrote. I pulled out my cannon and told him I was the fellow oh. who went around the world doing people good. He's uh, Pansrum robbed the cop of his watch and whatever money he had. Then while the other Oh my God! While the other two men watched, he raped the officer at gunpoint. Oh my God! He then forced the other two men to do the same by using <gasps> a little moral persuasion and much waving around of my pistol. They also rode Mister Breakman around. Wow! <laughs> what a bitch of a cop! Wow! He got this cop to get raped by everybody oh my god did the cop not have a gun um, apparently he didn't trot in time i don't know Shit, apparently Jesus. um pansrum threw all the men off the train and continued his trip up to oregon where he became <gasps> one of the many seasonal loggers who roamed the countryside looking for work and oh, when work couldn't be found they survived by any means available Rape. so here we go on to, by the year 1913, tempered by years of drinking, beatings, imprisonment, and living on the road like an animal, Pansrum evolved into a hardened criminal. 
He was also physically big, square-shouldered, and muscular. His dark hair and good looks attracted women, but Pansram never displayed any interest in the opposite sex. And his eyes had a strange, sullen appearance that unnerved people made them wonder what was behind that cold, barren stare. Oh, As he continued his journey through the Northwest, he was arrested in several states under the name Jack Allen. Why is this? I've not heard of this guy. Mm. I mean, I. It's crazy. I'm I'm just going to Google him again. I mean, women like him? Uh, I guess so, but he was the 19. It was the 1912s. So under the name, I was pinched for highway robbery, assault and sodomy at Dallas. Is that what it is? Dallas, Oregon? Dallas, yeah. Um, I was there about two or three months and then broke jail. Broke jail. The Dallas was a tough river port on the Columbia River where pirates, gamblers, loggers, and outlaws frequently gathered. After he broke out of jail with a posse of uh, furious deputies after him, Pansrum fled Oregon and crossed the eastern state into Idaho. Idaho! Uh, Within the week, he was arrested again for stealing and thrown into the county jail at Harrison, Idaho. On this occasion, he used the alias Jeff Davis. Uh, The jail was poorly run and consisted of just cells and a wall. During his first nine custody, he set a massive fire to one of the buildings and several of the inmates escaped, including Pansrum. Jesus. He quickly fled north through the grove of ancient cedars across the Bitterroot Mountains. Is that a thing? Bitterroot? Sure. And into western Montana. Um, in the Those small town Idaho, of... Idaho then. Huh? Those mountains are in Idaho then. Okay. If he crossed into Montana from Oregon. Yeah. A little geography for you. Thank you. With um, In the small town of Chinook, Montana, Pansrum got locked up as Jefferson Davis for burglary and received a one-year sentence at the Montana State Prison at Deer Lodge. So I take it they're like, they don't have IDs back then or fingerprinting, obviously. That's why. <laughs> nope. Okay. Jeff, like, DNA test, guys? My name's Jen. <laughs> Yeah. My, my name's Jen. I, I'm Jennifer. I'm Jen yeah. Lee. I'm, I'm Jen Jennifer. Jennifer. I'm Jen Jennifer Jen Jennifer. Why, 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 why my name, guys? Well, I'm just I saying, how, how many times could you change it? You know what I mean? I know. That's crazy. It's just crazy. Like, I'm Jennifer. <laughs> I'm Jen I'm Jennifer. I'm Furniture. Jen Jennifer. I'm Jen Jen. He could have went Jen by like Jay. Earl. He could have went by like Earl Panham. My name's Downifer Jenning. <laughs> You know what I mean? That's, That's a good, good name. Mother. That's a solid name. Downer for Jenny. I was going to have another baby. Now, Owning no. for Hendhond. Okay, he's done. Cut him off. Done. Get him the goddamn tip jar. It's over. Good. Or you can just make up whatever so, name you wanted. Yeah, because there was no picture ID back then either. So Deer Lodge was located 30 miles north of Butte in the midst of the Rockies. The prison, the prison, resembled a, medi- mm-hmm, a medieval castle. It was built in 1895 when American prisons constructed was modeled after European castles. How Ooh, like cute it. is that? I like it. Can't burn that down. Four well, they point- have more of those, right? Four pointed steeples rose majestically over a dark and forbidden complex that was surrounded by thick stone rock walls. Um, There were turrets spaced periodically on all four walls and corners. Inside the towers, rifle-toting guards kept a watchful eye over the vast courtyard, ready to shoot any prisoner who dared to attempt to escape. According to the prison prison admissions log, Panzerum was received at Deer Lodge on April 27, 1913. He listed his occupation as waiter and teamster. Did you get that, what? Rick? He was a teamster? He was a teamster. Hey, I work for the union, eh? 
Yeah, because they um, had that back then. But there was little for convicts to do at the prison except kill time. Um, while he was Ray. at Deer Lodge, he ran into <laughs> Jimmy Benson, his old cellmate from Montana State Reform School. He was doing a 10-year stretch for robbery. Together, they planned an escape, but at the last minute, Benson was transferred and couldn't participate. On November 13, 1913, Pansrum escaped from Deer Lodge and fled toward Butte. Barely a week, week later, in the town called Three Forks, he was arrested for burglary under the name Jeff Rhodes. Jesus. Yeah, he was given another year for the escape and returned to the state prison. He just sucks. Um, life well, he's very really- good at he's very good at getting arrested, but great at giving fake names. Yeah, it's pretty much how he did it. That's how probably yeah. all did it back then. So yeah. life at Deer Lodge was slow and monotonous, unst- understaffed and mismanaged. There was very little assigned labor for the inmates who spent most of the day in their cells, lying in their bunks or wandering outside the prison yard. Hmm. At that place, I got to be an experienced wolf, he said. Okay. I would start the morning with sodomy, work as hard as it as I could all day, and sometimes half the night. Start the morning with some good old butt sex. Yes. Because of the size and reputation, he was able to intimidate the other prisoners into submission. Man, he was like, it was like fucking Christmas every day. Jesus, right? I was so busy committing so- sodomy that I didn't have time left to serve Jesus as I had been taught to do in those reform schools. <laughs> He's something. Uh, Pansrum served out his full sentence at Deer Lodge, and on March 30th, I'll- 1950, <laughs> he was released. That's because he was getting so much butt. Yeah, he didn't care. He's like, I'll stay here. I'm fine. Like, I what got all the yeah. I need. Why fine. do you think you should be paroled? No, thanks. <laughs> right? No shit. Uh, when I left there, the warden told me that I was pure as lily and free from all sin. He gave me $5, a suit of clothes, and a ticket to the next town six miles away. Wow. He must have did the, war- the warden in his butt, too. You think so? So he went straight to this town and raped and set it on fire, right? I don't know. Whenever he went, (laughs) wherever he went, Panzerm stole for food, clothes, money, and guns. For months during this year, 1915, he traveled up and down the Columbia River in the Pacific Northwest. Of course he did. Through Washington, Idaho, Nebraska, and South Dakota. Panzerm was a veteran of the rails on the night of June first 1915 he broke into a house in the town of astoria oregon oh you gotta say that again astoria oregon he made his murders all the way up to astoria well he broke into a house in astoria. he broke into a house Fuck nut. he oh, lifted he a, a suit of clothes i and was other- listening <laughs> yeah, <for real. laughs> he lifted a suit and other clothes clo- clothes and other articles that weren't worth more than $20. He was later arrested when he tried to sell a stolen watch. He was indicted for larceny in a dwelling and later after a promise by the local DA to go easy on him pleaded guilty. He was sentenced as Jefferson Baldwin to seven years at the Oregon State Penitentiary in Salem. Seven years. Seven years. Time for another good time. Yeah, buddy. Um, on June 24th, 1915, he arrived at the prison and became inmate, in, innate, inmate, inmate 7390. In the admission record, he listed his place of birth as Alabama and his occupation as thief. Well, <laughs> he, one of those things is right. Um, on the same page, it was noted that he used two other names, Jefferson Davis and Jeff Rhodes. Guards immediately took notice of the prisoner's surly, uncooperative attitude, but they weren't concerned with uncooperative inmates. Salem Prison was notorious in the Northwest for punishing its prisoners by abuse and torture. 
The warden at the time was a tough, crude former sheriff named Harry Minto, who believed <laughs> wholeheartedly in keeping the inmates in line by force, whipping, hosing, beating, starvation, and isolation were part of um, part and parcel of life at Salem. Damn. Hosing, is that like spraying them down? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Minto endorsed the Auburn system by which prisoners would be punished even if they uttered one word out of line. They were frequent, frequently shackled to walls and hung from rafters for hours, sometimes days at a time. Yeah, that's creating monsters. Yeah. Just, yeah. You weren't that bad going in. If you weren't that bad going in. something and they're yeah. just torturing people. Okay, uh-huh. inmates were whipped with the terrible cat of nine tails. Ooh. Oof, yeah. What is that? What is it's, it? It's a whip with nine whips on it with barbs yeah. in the leather. Oh, come on. Jeez. Um, uh, cause appalling injury to a man. Th- I swore I would never do that seven years, Pansrum said, and I defied the warden, all his officers, to make me. The warden swore I would do every damn day or he would kill me. He got into trouble almost immediately for rule violations and punishment because routine. I'm sorry. Let me try that again. He got into trouble almost immediately for for rule violations and punishment became routine. Pansrum's record of discipline shows that on January 1st, 1916, he was hung 10 hours um, a day for two days for hammering, rising a disturbance in cell, and cursing an officer. A month later, on February 27th, he was hoisted up 12 hours at door for going on another tier from where he's... From where... From where he sells... And having dangerous weapons. I don't know. Whatever. A billy or a sap. I don't know what the fuck (laughs) that is. I don't know what he's talking about. I don't know what he's talking about either. So he's so he's getting he's getting tied up, shackled up onto the wall, ten hours for two days in a row, and then he gets a twelve hour stint. Basically, you're just hanging up, you know. But he's just doing bad stuff. Is all he, he went on a tear. Which means he like just got in trouble with a couple of guards, and so you know it's kind of like guards. A, you get some shackles. Well, yeah, exactly. So oh. all, they, all they had to do was like argue, talk back, and boom, they're up on the wall. All right. So tell that me what sucks. um he was later found to be in possession of a blackjack. What the fuck's a blackjack, Ricky? Huh? No idea. It all right. Cool. Might Let be me. an a, might be an actual blackjack, like from the game. Maybe. Let me see. I don't know. I'm going to, you know what? Possession. Oh, oh, Spelljack. He was thrown into the dungeons for three weeks with only bread and water. They stripped us naked, chained us up to a door, he said, and then turned the the fire hose on us until we were black and blue and half blind. Dang. But still, Pansrum continues his combative behavior. He started several fires and burned down three buildings at different times. Damn. Oh, oh, I got it. What is it? Well, blackjack, kosh, and sap refer to several short, easily concealed clubbed weapons. Because you mentioned sap, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah. Often lead. Oh. Weight attached to the end of a short shaft. (laughs) Used to bludgeon. There it is. It sounds like a mace. A tiny one. Yeah, like a concealable mace. So he spent 61 days in solitary where he groped around in the dark and ate cockroaches for food. You know, I just... I'd rather die, thank you. Yeah, no wonder. I would have fucking died too. No. Uh, All depends on how bad you want to live. I don't know. In Hmm. early 1917... Carl helped another inmate named Otto Hooker escape from the prison. Hooker later shot and killed Warden Minto when he accidentally ran into the warden in a nearby town. <laughs> oh, shit. Awesome. Karma's a biatch. 
the killing sparked a public outcry and conditions at the Oregon State Penitentiary Penetrate, 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 became mm-hmm. even worse. Prison. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, by September 1917, uh, Carl's reputation was well known, both inside the penitentiary and out. He had made several escape attempts by cutting through the bars in a cell. On September 18th, 1917, he finally succeeded and escaped from the prison. Ooh, he's scary, guys. <laughs> he broke into a house in the town of Tangent, stealing clothes, food, money, and loaded and a loaded 38 caliber handgun. A few days later, a local cop recognized Panzerm for a wanted poster and tried to arrest him. Carl pulled out his 38 and opened fire on the sheriff's deputy. I fired and fought until my gun was empty of bullets and I was empty of courage, he later said. But he ran out of ammunition and was captured. What a dumb fuck. On the way to jail, Pansrum tried to grab the cop's gun and a fierce struggle took place inside the cop car. The rear windows were kicked out and several shots were fired through the roof and the man, men battled for the officer's gun. Pansrum was beaten bloody and unconscious. He was brought back to Salem and dumped into solitary. Um, I mean, if there's any time to use your weapon as a police officer, when well, he's shooting then. at you the first time and then attacking you while you're driving, you know what I mean? Well, yeah. yeah. Fuck. Incredibly, on May 12th, 1918, Panzerm escaped from Oregon prison again. He Damn. saw through the window bars using, oh, yeah, using a hacksaw blade and jumped down from the prison walls. As frantic guards fired hundreds of rounds at the fleeing convict, Panzer made it to the woods and disappeared from sight. Dang. He later died. I know. He's got no chill. <laughs> right. He, he later hopped a freight train again, heading east and left the Pacific Pacific Northwest forever. He Come changed on. Get me the fuck out of here. Oh, he was leaving it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. He changed his name to John O'Leary. And shaved his moustache. Slowly, methodically, still burglarizing and burning churches along the way, Panzerm headed for the East Coast. I mean, so, what do you get out of burning? Somebody explain arson for me. Satisfaction of burning I things? Can. I don't know. I'm not a pyro, so I wouldn't know. Ricky, Ricky's our local psychologist. You got a theory? Are you waiting? Yeah, but I don't know about arson. Um, so in the summer of 1920, Panzerm spent a great deal of time in the city of New Haven, Connecticut. He preferred places with activity of lots of people. More people meant more targets, more money, and more victims. Mm. It also meant the cops were busy, maybe too busy to bother with the likes of him. He went out at night, cruising the city streets, looking for an easy mark. If he didn't mug an unsuspecting drunk or rape a young boy, he would look for a house to burglarize. So is that, Um, it was, so he didn't matter the age. No, no. Nope. In August, he found a house located at 113 Whitney Avenue that looked fat, whatever, and ready for the taking. It was an old three-story colonial, the home of an aristocrat, he hoped. He broke in through the window and began to ransack the bedrooms. Inside a spacious den, Panzerum found a large amount of jewelry, bonds, and a forty-five caliber automatic handgun. Um, the name on the bonds was William H. Taft. What? Wait. He's a vice president. Oh. <laughs> Um, I know that. I know that. <laughs> the same man who thought who he thought sentenced him to three years at Leavenworth in 1907. At that time, Taft had been the Secretary of War. In 1920, he was the former President of the United States and current Professor of Law at Yale University. Oh, he was a president, not vice president. Okay. Yeah, he was cool. yeah. 
After stealing everything he could carry, Panzerm escaped through the same window and hit the streets carrying a large bag of loot. Yeah. He made word. his way to the Lower East Side of Manhattan where he sold most of the jewelry and stolen bonds. He later wrote that out of this out of this robbery I got about 3000 in cash and kept some of the stuff including the 45. With that money I bought a yacht. <laughs> this Damn. fool has no fucking chill. And it was called the Aquista. $3000 back raper. in those days. Yeah. I wonder how he much registered that is. the he registered the boat under the name John O'Leary, the alias he used while he was living in New York. Um, he sailed the boat up the East River, eastward through Long Island, south past the south shore of the Bronx, the city of New Roch no bleh, New Rochelle, Rye, and on to the rocky coast of Connecticut. Along the way, he broke into dozens of boats on their moorings, <laughs> stealing booze, guns, supplies, anything he could get he could get his hands on. One of the boats was the Barber Two, a fifty-footer owned by the Marcelot family from Norf- Norfolk, Vir- Norfolk, Vir- <laughs> Norfolk, Norfolk, Virginia. That's Mother a good one. God. They should rename that. Um. He eventually moored the Aquista at the New Haven Yacht Club where he settled in for a time, enjoying the hot weather, drinking prohibition booze, and thinking about his next victims. So that $3,000 back in those days was about anywhere between thirty-five and forty grand. these days. It's a good amount of money. Yeah, that's good. Um, when he visited Manhattan's Lower East Side, Pansrum noticed hordes of visiting sailors on shore, leave oh, from shit. their ships. Yeah, Hordes. docked along the East River. He realized it's like a them fucking were carnival for him. He's ready. Yalls, those sailor boss. <laughs> um, they were looking for work um, on outgoing freighters or local boats. This was an era of enormous shipping activity. The age of the ocean liner, when in- international travel was mostly accomplished by sea. Um, as he drifted through the narrow streets of the East Village, he devised a scheme and robbery and murder. He says, then I figured it would be a good plan to hire a few sailors to work for me. Get them out to my yacht, get them drunk, commit sodomy on them, rob them, and then kill them. Damn. This is done. This I, this I done, he said. Um, for several weeks, he went down to the South Street neighborhood and picked out one or two victims Panzerm told them that he had work on board his yacht and needed some deckhands. He promised them anything just to get them on board the Aquista, um, which he anchored off City Island at the foot of Carroll Street. He remained there for the entire summer of 1920. Wow. Wow. Um, Nobody catching on that he's doing this shit? Like, nobody... Yeah, at, the, at this point with the yacht, is he um is he the dude from uh the Great Gatsby? Right. Totally. Um City Island is a small landmass of about two square miles of the Bronx. In 1920, City Island was a secluded maritime community of fishing boats, sail manufacturers, and residents who tended to their own business. At first, most people paid little attention to Captain John O'Leary the brooding stranger who came on shore only to buy supplies and always seemed to have a new crew each week. Mm. A new crew of rapies. Yep. Every day or two I would go to the New York I would I would go to the New York. I would go to New York and hang around 25 South Street and size up the sailors, Pansrum said. Mm-hmm. When he convinced them to come on board his yacht, they would work for maybe a single day. We would whine and dine, and when they were drunk enough, they would go to bed. When they were asleep, I would get my forty-five. Um, this I stole from Mr. Taft's home and blow their brains out. Oh then tied a rock on each body and cried, cried, carried them into his um, skiff. He rowed east into Long Island Sound near Execution Lighthouse. So named after during the Revolutionary War, British troops chained rebel colonists to the rocks. 
there and waited for the rising tide to drown the prisoners. That's Damn. Um, there, not a hundred yards from the lighthouse, Panzerm dumped his victims into the sea. They were yet ten of them. I worked that racket about three weeks. <laughs> that racket. He's just... Yep. My boat was full of uh, stolen stuff, he later wrote. But City Islanders soon grew suspicious of Akista and its skipper. Skipper? Yeah, a skipper? I don't know about skipper? you, Skip. That skipper's pretty skippy. I don't know. Sorry. He's not cool. Panzerum realized that he had to change venue. He sailed down the coast of the New Jersey, the New Jersey, <laughs> with his last two passengers until he reached Long Long Beach Island. I've been there. Um, That's East Coast, right? Yeah where he intended to kill them both. In late August 1920, a huge gale hit and the pieces <coughs> smashed to pieces against the rocks. Rocked. Panstrom swam to shore and barely escaped with his life. Um, the two sailors made it to the beaches and the Brigantine Inlet, just north of Atlantic City, been there too, where they went, I don't know, or care, Panstrom said. They quickly disappeared in the Jersey farmlands, never realizing how lucky they had been to escape the death by the bullet of the president's gone. The president's gone. Damn. Okay. So, 1921, Panstrom served six months in jail in Bridgeport, Connecticut for burglary and possession of a loaded handgun. Oh, well, there's that. When he, when released, so... No one knows about murders. His murders. Right. By this time. Um, just wanted to throw that in there. He joined a maritime union uh, that was involved in a labor strike. Hardliners in the union got into a brawl with strike breakers and Panzerum was quickly rearrested for being involved in a running gun battle with police. Antifa. <laughs> he jumped bail and fled the state of Connecticut a few days later, he stowed away on a ship and landed in, in, in Angola, a Portuguese colony on the west coast of Africa. Huh. He eventually got Everywhere. a job. Right? He gets around, man. I'll never do as much traveling this motherfucker did. Right, and I, he's, he's kind of He's kind historic. of my hero. <laughs> That's, wow. I'm kidding. <laughs> Side the sodomy and murder. <laughs> he Set did that what, aside, and he's he did, a stellar he human. He did what he won't. Okay, I know. I yeah, I yeah, I get it. So he eventually got a job with the Sinclair Oil Company as a foreman and an oil drilling at an oil drilling rig. God. At that time, the American oil industry was involved in an ex exploratory expedition to search for new sources of oil in Africa. In the coastal town of Luanda, uh, Panzerm raped and killed an 11-year-old boy. Oh, Jeez. God. Okay. Fuck <laughs> him, dude. I'm going to say the N. I'm not, I'm not going to say the N-word, but he says the N-word, okay? Okay. <clears throat> he said, a little N-word boy about 11 or 12 years old came bumming around, he said. Panzerm lured the boy back to Sinclair Oil Company grounds where he sexually assaulted and killed him by bashing his head in with a rock. Jeez. I, I left him there. to be so mean. God. I left him there, but first I committed sodomy on him and then I killed him. Uh, his brains okay. were coming out of his ears when I left oh. him and he will never be any deader. Oh, okay. God. This guy's fucking evil. I think this might be one of the most evil in the heart. You're welcome, because I'm bad. really good at that. You know what I mean? Like, he, like, thoroughly is, like, gleeful, it sounds like, sharing this. Like, this is something he enjoys. Oh, for sure. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, Fuck yeah. Him. After this murder, Panzer went back to Libido Bay and the Atlantic coast, where he lived for several weeks in a fishing village. The locals suspected him of the murder, but it could never be proven. Several weeks later, he hired six natives to take him into the jungle to hunt for crocodiles, <laughs> which later brought a hefty price from 
European speculators in the Congo. The natives later demanded a cut of the profits. They paddled into the jungle, never suspecting what Panzerum had on his mind. Oh, man. Yeah, as they went downriver, Panzerum shot and killed all six men. To some of an average intelligence, killing six at once seems an almost impossible feat. It was very much easier for me to kill those six N-words than it was for me to kill only one of the young boys I killed later, and some of them were only 11 or 12 years old. Jesus. Uh, He shot them all in the back, one by one. While they lay in the bloody canoe, Panzerum shot each native again in the back of the head. He then fed the bodies to the hungry crocodiles and rode back to Libido Bay. When he docked the boat, he realized he had to get out of the Congo since dozens of people saw him at Libido Bay with the hired men. Uh, yeah. Really the name of that place? Libido Bay? Yeah, it's L-O-B-I-T-O. Oh, okay. Yeah. Lobito. Lobito. I don't know. He headed north up the Congo River toward a place called Point Banana. <laughs> Banana! In the duck. And eventually made his way to the Gold Coast. He robbed farmers in the local village and got enough money to buy a fare to the Canary Islands. Broke and unable to find anyone worth robbing, he immediately stowed away on a ship to Lisbon. <laughs> to, so off to Portugal he went. But when he arrived in the city, he discovered that the local government knew about his crime spree in Africa and cops were warned to be on the lookout for him. What? He managed to hide a, a board. Well, how did they know what they were looking for? Oh, fucking no, man. I guess yeah. they had a mug shot. A mug drawing. Yeah, a mug okay. Drawing. Yeah. Okay. He never made it to Ibiza. Ibiza. <laughs> Beetha, that's mm. right. <laughs> um, so he managed to hide aboard another ship headed for um, America, and by the summer of 1922, he was back on U.S. soil. Jesus. Mm, go away. Pan- I know, right? Panzer marveled at how easy it was to kill. He imagined himself making a living as a professional hitman who would murder for money. He brought the gun he used in the Congo, killing back to the United States with him. Even though cops were hot on his trail as he fled Africa, in 1922, he had the gun fitted with a silencer by the Maxim Silent Silent Firearms Company in Hartford, Connecticut. But when he tested, he test fired it later, he found that the weapon still made a great deal of noise, much to his disappointment. Um, If that heavy caliber pistol and the silencer had only worked as I thought it would, I would have gone into the murder business on a wholesale scale. God, he's such a dude. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. But his life of crime and mayhem caused Panzerum to be continuously on the move. He never lingered in one place very long. He knew the police were forever on his trail, never far behind, always ready to lock him up for some forgotten offense he committed months, even years before. He learned early on to change his name frequently and never confided in any of the details of his past life. As soon as he committed a crime, Panzerum would leave the area quickly, hop a train out of town, stow away on a freighter, hitch a ride on a passing truck, always running, looking over his shoulder, waiting for the screws to catch up with him, always living with the fear of capture. This was his life. And yet still knowing he could be minutes away from capture and driven by a hatred most of us could never understand, he killed. After hmm. a few days back in the States, Panzerm went to the U.S. Customs Office in New York City, where he renewed his captain's license and retrieved the papers for his yacht, the Aquista. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which was wrecked. On the Jersey Shore two years before, he planned to steal another boat and refit her under the Aquista name. He began to search the local boatyards in the New York area and wandered up the uh, Connecticut coast. He soon drifted into the seaport of Providence, Rhode Island, where he still could not find a boat that resembled the Aquista. 
he continued north along Boston Road into Boston and eventually arrived in the town of Salem, Massachusetts. Famous for the 17th century witch trials. Yeah. Um, there on the hot afternoon of July 18th, 1922, he came across a 12-year-old boy walking along, wa- I mean, walking alone on the west side of town. You will find that I have constantly followed one idea through my life, he said later. I preyed upon the weak, the harmless, and the unsuspecting. The boy's name was George Henry McMahon, who lived at 65 Boston Street in Salem. He had spent most of his days in a neighbor's restaurant until the owner, Mrs. Margaret Lyons, asked George to run an errand. About 2.15, I sent him to the A&P store for the milk, giving him 15 cents, she said. Little George left the rest. George left the restaurant and walked up Boston Street. About a half an hour, or about about an hour later, another neighbor, Mrs. Margaret Crane, saw George walking up the avenue with a stranger. In the afternoon of July 18th, while sitting in the front of the window in my home, I saw a boy and a man walking up the avenue. The man was dressed in a blue suit and wore a cap, she said later. That man was Carl Pansrum. The boy's name, I don't know, Pansrum said later. He told me he was 11 years old. He was carrying a basket or pail in his hand. He told me he was going to the store to do an errand. He told me his aunt ran this store. I asked him if he would like to earn 50 cents. He said yes. Pansrum walked with me. Uh, McMahon to nearby store where inside he was even brazen enough to speak with the clerk. A few minutes later, Pansrum convinced the child to go for a trolley ride. About a mile from where they boarded the car, they exited the trolley in a deserted section of town. I grabbed him by the arm and I told him I was going to kill him. I stayed with the boy about three hours. During that time, I committed sodomy on the boy six times. And then I killed him by beating his brains out with a rock. I stuffed down his throat several sheets of paper of mag... uh, Several sheets of paper out of a magazine. Why? Is that how he killed him? Is that what he's saying? That's, That's how he killed him, yes. Oh, that's fucking terrible. He then covered up the body with three branches and hurried out of town. I left him lying there with his brains coming out of his ears. Uh, But as he fled the wooded area, when he left McMahon's bodies, two Salem residents passed by. They took notice of the strange man who was carrying what apparently... Oh, I'm sorry. What appeared to be a newspaper walking quickly away. He seemed nervous and a little frantic, but two witnesses continued on with their day. Immediately after the murder, Pansrum headed back toward New York. McMahon's body was found three days later on July 21st. The Salem police and surrounding communities formed posses and detained any strangers they came upon. Several men, including a local pedophile who had attacked several Salem children, were arrested as suspects. The murder was headline news for weeks but it would remain unsolved for many years until the day in 1928 when those same two witnesses would see Panzerm again while he was in custody for another mur- murder in Washington, D.C. Damn. Damn. This dude went, like, fucking everywhere and murdered. Kind of yeah. like Israel Keys. It's like... Yeah. Mm. Uh, there's so much to read, you guys. Part three. <laughs> so we're gonna have to be a part three. How many pages are left? Fucking like four. Four pages left? Five pages if I include this. Fifteen yeah, through. You can't like sum up the rest. Hold on. I guess. Yeah, I could sum up the rest. Okay. Um, let's see. New York, using an alias, John O'Leary, he got into a job in Watchmen and 
at Beko Mill Company at 220 Yonkers Avenue. Huh, Yonkers. That's crazy. It's a good um, name. He claimed to have met a boy named George Wallison, who was 15. While he was working at the mill, I started to teach him the fine art of sodomy, but I found he had been taught all about it and liked it fine. Oh! He found a soulmate? Um, apparently, he took this kid up and down the river. Is that a sodomy um, like meaning? Took him up and down the river? No, he literally oh. took him on a boat. Oh. Up and down the uh, Hudson River. And he killed some people, and the kid like totally jumped ship <laughs> and swam to safety. I'm totally, there's just so much. Part three. I'm down. Part three? Okay. Because mm-hmm. there's trial stuff, right? I think so. Probably. All right. So that was part two. Yeah. Thanks for listening, you guys. We'll be back later this week with part three on this fucking terror of a human. Panzam. Panzam. Yeah. Pan Air Flight, fucker. Evil dude. Pan Pan Air Flight 666. Mm-hmm. Six, six, six. Oh, thank God. Oh, that's not where I was going. <laughs> okay. Thanks All for right, listening, bye guys. Bye. <laughs> bye.